Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, we're going to continue in our short series that discusses the topic, Is This the End of the World? Now, in the third part, this third part of the series, we're actually going to introduce the coming time of tribulation. And within that, we're going to speak of the Antichrist and what is also referred to as the rapture of the church. Both of these events, they play a significant role within what is termed as the tribulation period. That's a seven-year period, or one week, as Daniel said, and we'll get more into detail on that in a moment. Recapping the first two parts of the series, in part one, we learned that the day of the Lord actually represents the end of days. This ending will be something that will come like a thief in the night. No one will expect it, and it will happen. We also learned that there's going to be lots of signs and events that will come about before the return of our Lord. And finally, in, in part two, we took a deep look into what Jesus said concerning the end times. Now, to begin with, in this uh, part, which is part three, uh, the part where we're going to discuss a little bit about introduce the tribulation period, as I mentioned, we're going to... to Try to need to know who is the Antichrist, also called the beast. Well, Daniel in Daniel 9 27, he was a prophet uh, about 600 years before Christ. He wrote, and he, addressing the Antichrist or the beast, will confirm a covenant with many for one week. And that one week equals seven years. Uh, and in the middle of the week, he, being the Antichrist, he's going to put an end to the sacrifice and offering. So that would be around the three and a half year mark. And on the wing of the temple will come the abomination that causes desolation until the decreed destruction is poured out upon him. And once again, this prophecy was well before Christ, well before the apostles, of course. Paul wrote in to, to the uh, Second Thessalonians chapter two verses one through four. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to Him, he's specifically speaking about when Jesus the Bridegroom will be sent to get His bride, which is the church, not the thirty-seven million churches around the world, but the remnant of people who are truly attached to the true line, Jesus, in the body of Christ. Those folks are part of what we call the body of Christ, the church. And when Jesus comes, they will be taken from this world just before God pours his wrath out. So Paul's saying, before they are gathered together, okay, we ask you, brothers, don't let anybody fool you to do not be easily disconcerted or alarmed by any spirit or message or letter seeming to be coming from us, alleging that the day of the Lord had already come. The people in Thessalonica were worried. They thought, did Jesus already come and we're left behind here? And Paul says, no, do not allow anyone to mislead you concerning this. He then says, let no one deceive you in any way. For it will not come. The day 
Jesus will come to take his remnant off the earth will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness, which is the Antichrist, the beast, the son of destruction is revealed. So we know that that's going to happen before Jesus will take his remnant off the world. There's other places where Jesus mentioned that his, his people will witness these events. So it goes on to say, he will sit himself, the son of destruction, the Antichrist will sit himself in the temple of God in Jerusalem, proclaiming himself to be God. But until then, we know that there'll be peace in the world. We talked about that, uh, in fact, in uh, previous parts. And so Daniel continues, he writes in chapter 7, verses 2 through 8, in his vision he got, he says, in my vision in the night, I looked up and suddenly the four winds of heaven were churning up to the sea. Now I'm, gonna go, I'm not going to go all the way through what he wrote, but if you go back and look at Daniel 7, 2 through 8, you see he'll talk about many beasts. And then finally at the end he says that there is another beast that will come. After this, he said, I watched in my vision, and then I suddenly a fourth beast. So the fourth beast that appears was terrifying, dreadful, extremely strong, with large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed. Then it trampled underfoot whatever was left. Now, it was different from all the other beasts before it. It had ten horns. While I was contemplating the horns, suddenly another horn, a little one, came up among them. This is what Daniel wrote. And three of the first horns uprooted before it. Well, this horn had eyes like those of a man and a mouth that spoke words of arrogance. Now, Jesus gave a beautiful revelation about the end of times to the apostle John when he was exiled on the island of Patmos. And in that, chapter 13, verses 5 through 15, this is what he, John witnessed during this revelation. He said they, he's talking about the people of this world. Now, if you are truly in Christ, I'm not talking about you claim to be a Christian or you go into church and all that. I'm talking about if you are truly attached to the vine, then you are not of this world. But anyone else is of this world. And it says that they, all the people of this world worship the dragon who had been given authority to the beast. The dragon gave the authority to the beast. We know Satan is the one who is the dragon and the Antichrist is the beast. And they worship the beast. The people of this world will worship the beast saying, who is like the beast? And who can wage war against it? Well, the beast was given a mouth to speak arrogant and blasphemous words. Imagine that. Daniel saw that 600 years uh, before this time. Actually, it was longer than that, probably 700 years before this revelation that John received from Jesus. But there he is, the beast, speaking arrogant and blasphemous words. And this beast was given authority to for 42 months, that's three and a half years. That's halfway through the week. And the beast opened its mouth to speak blasphemies against God and to slander his name 
and to conquer them. And it was given, he was given authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation of this world. And all that dwell on the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life belonging to the lamb who was slain. Jesus is the lamb who was slain. The book of life will contain not only the names of those who have already died who were in Christ, but those who are still alive during this period who do not fall away. Remember, Jesus said, many will fall away, but the ones who persevere to the end, their names are still written in that lamb's book of life. They will not bow down in worship. Now, then Jesus says, he who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is destined for captivity, into captivity, he will go. If anyone is to die by the sword, by the sword, he must be killed. That's what he's talking about concerning those who are in Christ, who do not renounce their faith, maintain their faith, confess Jesus, even to the point of captivity and death. And Jesus continues saying, here is a call for the, for the perseverance and the faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. This beast had two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. And this beast exercised all authority as the first beast, and it caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose mortal wound had been healed. So this beast is going to have some kind of a wound and he will be healed and everyone will worship him and praise him because he's bringing peace and unity to the world until the last three and a half years of the seven week of the seven year period of tribulation. And it goes on to say, and the second beast performed great signs to cause even fire from heaven to come down to the earth in the presence of the people. Because of the signs it was given to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image to the beast that had been wounded by the sword and yet had lived. The second beast was permitted to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refuse to worship to be killed. This is the time that we need to persevere in our faith if we are truly in Christ. Continues in Revelation chapter 14, verses 14 through 20, telling us uh, more detail uh, about the time of tribulation, more specifically about the Lord's harvest of the earth. It says, And I looked and I saw a white cloud and seated on the cloud, was one like the Son of Man, and we know that's Jesus, with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple, crying out in a loud voice to the one seated on the cloud, wing your sickle and reap, because the time has come, the harvest, for the crop of the earth is ripe. So the one seated on the cloud, going his sickle, his being the Lord Jesus, going his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. 
Then another angel came out of the temple, and he too had a sharp sickle. Still, another angel with authority over the fire came from the altar, called out in a loud voice to the angel with a sharp sickle. Now, now that the harvest has taken place, now the bridegroom has come for his bride, now that Jesus has taken those who persevered to the end into the cloud with him, and they are no longer on this earth, God's wrath is about ready to come. And they say, swing your sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the vine of the earth, because its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and gathered the grapes of the earth, and he threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. God will come, send Jesus to get his church off of this earth, and then his wrath will hit. And they will happen simultaneously, one and then the next. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and the blood that flowed from it rose as high as the bridles of the horses. That's a, a tall distance, all the way up to the bridle of a horse. And it created like a huge lake, a distance of 1,600 stadia. If you're wondering how big that is, approximately 184 miles of blood up to a horse's bridle. That's what's going to happen after the wrath of God hits this earth. You know, the prophet Joel, he also wrote about events consider, you know, that are going to happen in the tribulation period. Joel chapter 3, verses 9 through 16. It says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the mighty men. Let all the men of war advance and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Come quickly all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves. Bring down your mighty ones. O oh Lord, let the nations be roused and advance to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit down to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the wine press is full. The wine vats overflow because their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord will roar from Zion and raise his voice from Jerusalem. Heaven and earth will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the remaining people of Israel. Again, in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, we read, at that time, during this whole time that this is going down, Michael, who's an archangel, the great prince who stands watch over your people, will rise up. There will be a time of distress the likes of which will not have occurred from the beginning of nations until that time. But at that time, your people 
everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. And many, this is talking once again, Jesus coming in the clouds, gathering them up. Michael, who was guarding over, making sure, keeping watch, will stand out of the way. Because it's almost time for God's wrath to hit. And it says, that time, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. And many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Then the wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up these words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam to and fro, and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, took and I saw two others standing there, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One on this, uh, one of them said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long until the fulfillment of these wonders? And the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, raised his right hand and his left hand towards heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, it will be for a time and times and a half of time, which is probably equal to three and a half years. When the power of the holy people has finally been shattered, that would be Christ's remnant on this earth where their time is over, then all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? Go on your way, Daniel, he replied, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. And from that time, from the, when the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days, which is 3.5 years. Daniel wrote this, once again, 604 BC. And if you think about it, this runs perfectly with what Paul told those in Thessalonica, don't worry, because you will see the first three and a half years, and you'll see the signs, and you will understand. And Daniel, he says that there will be those who understand, the wise, but the wicked, they won't see it. They'll be blind, just like they are today, blind with hardened hearts. So in Daniel 7, 13 through 14, it says, this coming uh, what will happen at the end of the age? In my vision in the night, I continued to watch. And I saw one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient days. Now we're at the end. And was led into his presence. And he was given dominion, glory, and kingship. That the people of every nation and language should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. We know, and Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 30, 30, uh, and 31, 
at that time, the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, just like what Daniel said, with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now, about the rapture, it also says in Acts 20 and uh, verses 28 through 31, Paul told the elders and the overseers that were in Ephesus, keep watch over yourselves and the entire flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, those who are in Christ, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, that savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from their own number, men will rise up and distort the truth and draw away disciples after them. This is Jesus once again talking about the falling away. It's happening today. Many people are falling away from Christ who once walked with him. Therefore, be alert and remember that for three years I never stopped warning you each and every day with tears. This was almost 2,000 years ago. Paul wrote this or spoke of this, that it's in Acts to the, those believers in Ephesus. Now, in Revelations chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, we read, because you have kept my command to persevere. Remember, all the way through this, Jesus said, you must persevere to the end, because if you don't, you'll lose your life in eternity. He says, for those who kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of testing, that great wrath that we already had mentioned, that is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming soon, said Jesus. Hold fast to what you have. Don't let go of it. Hold fast so that no one will take your crown. The one who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will never again leave it. On him, I will write the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God and my new name. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52, it says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, meaning we will not all die, but we will be with with will all be changed in an instant everyone those who have died those who are alive we will be changed in an instant in a twinkling of an eye a snap at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed we also can read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven, and with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will be the first to rise, and after that we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So in conclusion, 
here we just briefly dis discuss some of the issues in the tribulation period, and we'll discuss more uh, as we uh, venture into the uh, the whole look. Uh, it'll be an abstract, and hopefully you'll read along with it because we're not going to go through chapter chapter word to word. We're going to uh, give you what it says though in the revelation that was given to John from Jesus when he was caught up into heaven. We also discussed here what and who the Antichrist is, and we don't know him by name, but he will come. And we also discussed the rapture of the church, which we know will happen after we see the, the abomination of desolation do away with the um, sacrifices going on in, in Jerusalem with all the Israelites and the Jews. And when we see these things flee, because we know that to the point of captivity and even death, those who are in Christ will be faced with the wrath of man. But we will not see the wrath of God. The wrath of God will come after the Lord comes to get his bride, which is the church, and takes us off the earth. And then at that point, the wrath of God will hit. And they, this is all part of that seven-year period called the time of tribulation or the tribulation period. It's coming. Uh, so in the next part, as I said, we're going to be discussing uh, from the revelation of Jesus uh, as it was told to the Apostle John. As always, we need to remain vigilant in our faith. We need to persevere to the end, no matter what. And if we do, we will gain our crowd, our crown of glory that comes from the Lord. And that we'll also receive our place in heaven with the Lord. So if we do these things, we can rest assured that we will be walking as Jesus walked.